and welcome to a brand new life, to a brand new day, all the way from the wastelands of California. My name is Michael, and I am the creator of all that you hear. I look forward to once again serve you those sounds from the underground. First time listeners, turn on, tune in, and drop out. This is a very different kind of show, a place where we don't feel so alone. Let us chase away the light no matter what you at home choose to believe. I do admire you for your curiosity, live and direct, right now. And on YouTube, you can find the podcast version of this program by searching End of Days on all popular platforms or go to michaeldeacon.com for further assistance. Now joining me this evening is Misha Johnston. Misha is a certified hypnotherapist specializing in ET experiencer regressions past life regression, and trauma recovery and release hypnosis. She's had numerous contacts and abductions and has been involved with at least eight different alien types. Amazing. She's the author of several books like Covert Abduction, Military Harassment, Surveillance, Interrogation, and Mind Control. She is also the owner of Victor 5 Tours in Las Vegas. Now, hello to all of you out there, especially in the chat room, and of course, those who watch this on a replay or on the podcast. You can take the show with you anywhere. Just remember to search End of Days and look for the purple All Sinai logo. Never mind the rest. I missed all of you out there, and let, let, us, um, let us share that number with you now. For those that do want to call in, that number is 760-332-8724. Those who need that number once more, that number is 760-332-8724. Don't be shy now. It doesn't hurt to pick up the phone. I'm always interested in your opinions out there, and I see Misha is in the chat room. Very nice. Now let's get down to brass tacks and bring her in here. Misha, are you out there? Yes, I am. There you are. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for having me. Excited about it. Yeah, welcome to End of Days, and thanks for spending some time with with us all here this evening. The last time we talked on air was years ago on a way different show. I'm glad to say that times have certainly changed. I'm much more happier these days. Well, yes, they are, and things have changed tremendously um, since I actually, nonetheless, probably two or three years Um you know, I was, I did have a couple of stents in the hospital that when I went, wrote my books, because they were not exactly happy with me. And I was, had a psychotronic attack. Um, and both the day before, I should say the, the night, uh, or the wee hours of the morning before I was to publish my book. Um, I hadn't published it yet. I hadn't pushed the button and sent it. And I thought, oh, well, I'll do it in the morning. And both in uh, 1970, yeah, and I mean 2016 and 2017, the two days, um, years I published the book. And both, both times they put me in the hospital. On the 2016, I was in there for 10 days, and the next one I was in there for five. Oh, wow. Um, this psychotronic um, weaponry that hit the internal organs. And even though they couldn't find anything physically wrong with me, it did do some damage to my pancreas, actually. That's terrible. Yeah, it wasn't very nice. No, not at all. (laughs) My God, Misha, I didn't know this was going on with you. 
Yeah. Well, I've had a little bit of it throughout my life, you know, a lot of it, I should, should say, yeah, throughout yeah. my life. <laughs> and uh, I finally decided you know, to write my book. And so I wrote the first one, which was Covert Abduction. And that's when they put me in the hospital uh, with the attack and had the paramedics here and long story short. But anyway, I've ended up in the hospital with what they couldn't find, but then they finally determined that there was something going on with my pancreas with the levels. And so then back again in, uh, in 2017, I had the same thing. I had just not quite finished, and I thought I'll finish in the morning. And that at 4 o'clock in the morning, I was had the same kind of attack and had to be taken to the hospital once again. And so, wow. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. But, I told in my second book, or was it, no, the first book, the first book, even though I didn't get to publish it, I went ahead and took out the names that I had had in it the first time and took those names out because I figured that's what ticked them off. And I put in the fact that they put me in the hospital, but I didn't put the names in on either book. Um, I think that's the best way to do it. It's probably smart, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, then and the last book I wrote was well not the last but the the book before that book that put me in the hospital was They Weren't Butterflies a Monarch Survivor's Story. Um Yes, and Misha, you've been through a lot as you just told us all right now and you've also accomplished a number of things. You've helped a number of people out there as well. I definitely wanted you to take us back to your past, right back to some of your earliest memories that you can remember. I do know, Misha, that you do uh, suffer from lost time. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm curious what you can recall your uh, recollection of any of these earliest experiences for you, Misha. Well, are you talking about the missing time or are you talking about the, the ETs? The because ET, I, it goes yes. back to three years old. Yes, let's go there. Let's start there. Uh, All right. What is your recollection of that, Misha? I mean, three years old, that's pretty early to remember something like this but at the same time if it was traumatic i could definitely i could understand that completely especially if it was traumatic it would stay with you forever well it really wasn't traumatic as much as it was very very pleasant and um i had these invisible friends with me for a few years so starting at three years old, um, the the little, what I called BGs, the bears, came to me and were with me for, like I said, about three years old, three years after. And then um, somewhere around seven-ish, I met another one, which was a willowy one. And that one was a white, kind of like what you'd consider a, a, a tall gray, but not a gray. It was white colored, like obalescent white, uh, with larger eyes, but not as large as some of the as the grays. And um, I call it willowy because it did when it moved, it had no bones and it floated. And so, you know, those were really positive experiences throughout my life with these ETs, and. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll mention another ET. This ET did sure. not come along until after I had been attacked with the my lab experiences and um, those type of things. And Ayana was his name, and he came to me to assist and protect, which I didn't know at the time it was for that. But he came into my life, and he was um, – at first, I only saw him in energy form, and even during on board the ships, I never – saw really anything everything was in like um you know that shadow energy that shadowy where you can't make anything out completely all i could make out was like 
uh, robes and things like that and 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 structures of, of people that looked like they were, you know, humanoid, but <clears throat> I couldn't make out their faces. And so then um, one night when I had uh, had many, many encounters with him, and in fact, he had assisted me a couple of times in protecting me from other gray beings that came in to abduct me to take me to the my lab experience it but he i asked who are you i really want to know who you are and he telepathic course wow. said to me um are you sure you want to know and i said yes i'm positive i want to know and he said uh, are you really sure you want to know basically he was giving me another chance and i said yes i do well, <clears throat> I've been very phobic my whole life of um, any kind of reptile. But there in front of me was this seven and a half foot reptile, rep more of a, a lizard type looking being. Like a and reptilian. Like a reptilian. Right. Yes, definitely a reptilian. And uh, he had, you know, had had claws. He had claws on his toes. I started at his feet and came up. And um he had these beautiful yellow eyes with with the vertical slits, and he was very careful not to show me his teeth. He was just kind of had this little smile of a grin. Sometimes that happens. This uh -huh. this microphone sort of uh, shuts off all of a sudden now. I'm not quite sure why. So if you do hear me go silent, don't worry. Okay. I'll, I'll return very shortly. But I did have a photograph up for a moment here of the reptilian that you had this sort of connection with. Oh, good. Oh, yes. I accidentally uh, took it off, but let me put it right back up now. And he's like in this hood, right? Yes, yes, uh-huh. Yeah, tell us about that. Well, actually, the, I found out the first time I actually met him was um, I was 16 years old, and I woke up in the field after going to bed, and I woke up in the field, and I something was above me, and I... Could not really bend my, you know, you can't move your neck, but you can look with your eyes. And I was able to see that there was a ship above me that was, I'd say it was definitely circular and it had oscillating uh, lights and the, the bottom of it oscillating different ways. And then I knew that there was something I could feel with my psychic senses that there was something above me and um, tall, big. And then that was the last thing I remembered. The next thing I remembered, I'm in on a table and there are some little smaller gray beans that I haven't seen before. They work with the white willowy one as they're kind of do they do the I call them the little doctors all the time. So they uh, were doing something in the gynecological nature this time and it really freaked me out. And then the willowy one leaned over, looked in my face and said, do not be afraid. This is necessary for the hybrid program. And then, so I, I felt better because I saw it was my Willow one and I knew that it was okay. But then in the distance of the ship, and the ship looked so big, much bigger on the inside than what it looked above me. But I saw across the, the room of that ship, which was kind of in a almost plum color lighting over on that side of the of the of the room and i saw these beings like i had seen many other times in the hooded but now i didn't know that they were but i'd right. seen these hooded i didn't know they were reptilians but i'd seen these hoods and these beings and i said to myself now this is at 16 and that other time i'm talking to you was something like 45 years old but i said um i know you i know you 
I recognize your energy. I know you. Who are you? And one stepped out and dropped his hood. And I saw it was a reptilian, which was Ayano. I found out later. And I passed out <laughs> from fear. <laughs> and Misha, how old were you, by the way? I was 16 at that okay, time. Okay, you were 16 at the time. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. So I... I so I know, you know, in retrospect, I found out that was the first time I'd, I'd, I'd seen him. And he had been watching, it's popping in from time to time as a watcher. In fact, so many people have talked about the, the watchers being a reptilian standing at the end of the bed. My my kids had these watcher types that were in a rep, probably, well, they looked a little bit more like an Iorgan, which looks a little more like a an otter um, donkey type of being. And it would stand and watch over them just and as protection as well as Ayana would be my protector. And doesn't that creep you out a little bit? Didn't that freak you out a little bit? Seeing that there's this reptilian standing over your bed, I would be scared. I was. I was scared. Yeah. It took me a long time to, to adjust to him, even though I knew he was very unconditional and loving. But I'll tell you what made it work. I mean, I, you know, I, I could understand completely why he was there was when a particular experience when, because um, I was in the MKUltra program and right. I was born into MKUltra. Well, this particular situation, I was being taken in an underground um, base of some type and there was some kind of a ritual ceremony with, with, with reptilians. Other reptilians. And this they was at looked, six, and you're still 16, correct? No, no, no. no. This would have been okay. probably in my early, well, well, to my recollection, it sure. probably was during the eight-month period time, I believe. But, but um, I don't know for sure, but I think it was right around 1968 or so. I see. Uh, 67, 68. So, um, so I was still a, a teenager. Um, but I was... Basically, next in line to be to be sacrificed. I was watching sacrifices, and then all of a sudden, um, a reptilian came in, and he stood beside another reptilian, and some kind of interaction was done. And then he took me by the arm and walked me away, and we got. And this was kind of in catacombs. Oh, I don't know for sure if it was on Earth or what, but it was in like in catacombs and caves. And as we walked away, he said, "It's me." So he, so we just started moving fast, running, and then all of a sudden, the wall opened up. He did use some equip, some kind of weapon or something on the wall, and it opened up, and we went through it. And next thing you know, we were in a ship. Wow! Um, so I knew he saved me. I knew he saved my life, and that was not just one incident. That were several incidents of them. And Misha, and from that I, point Misha, on, I, I didn't worry about him. Misha, I'm sorry to cut you off there. No problem. I'm curious about your parents. Did you tell them about these sort of abductions, these experiences you were having? Did you tell a friend? Did you tell uh, anyone in your family about these things? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. I actually told my parents about about the uh, Bee Gees, the bears, that, by the way, when I saw Star Wars, they looked just like the Ewoks. The Ewoks, Very okay. close, close to the Ewoks, little furry guys, about two and a half, three feet tall. Um, but I told my parents about it, and we'd all been in e an ET contact family. My, my father and my sister both had had abductions. Uh, her whole family had had um, a daylight sighting and then in turn an, a, a group ab abduction. So it wasn't completely strange for us. 
though since they couldn't see him, they weren't sure about it. Um, but or, but one time <laughs> after I had been with, um, well, what it was is my parents had a, a, a variety store downstairs. And sometimes I'd go upstairs and I was by myself. At, you know, that was like about four or five or something. And one time my parents, one of my parents came in and saw me on the mantel of the fireplace and I was standing there and they said, how in the world did you get up there? Well, there's no way I got up there. I, I used to fly and levitate with my fellow friends, you know, my BJs. So, really? you know, yeah. So my parents knew some odd things and I told them there was my friends and BGs and then they knew there were some things going on. What, were they, the, yeah. What? What, were they open-minded towards all this sort of stuff? They, they were semi-open-minded. Yes. But they also said, don't talk about it. But in school I would talk about it. And, you know, they talk about bullying nowadays. Well, it's not a new thing. I used to get bullied because I talk about the ETs and to the point that I'd be chased home by, I call it a little gang of 11-year-old girls or so. Really? This is when I was 11. Wow. And uh, uh, one time I, I said to them, if you don't stop chasing me and picking on me, I'm going to send my ET friends <laughs> after you. That's hilarious. And, <laughs> but I got to tell you. They must have already went and checked it out. They must have went and, and, and maybe the ringleader or who it was because I never was bothered again. Again, I see. So either they believe me or they got visits, and, and I don't know which. Wow. Now, Misha, you say you are a star seed. Is, yeah. that, is that accurate? Yes, I'm a star seed. Um, I believe that star seeds have from all over been coming from all different planetary groups to assist on in and being incarnated in on this planet Earth and its low, low density. And we're here to wake up as many of the populace as we can. Understood. And I agree with you. We kind of all are star seeds since yes. we definitely come from somewhere else in this galaxy. Yes. And that yes. leads me to another question. I don't think I've ever asked you about human origins at all. And if you believe in a god or even much about religion, I'm not quite sure if we ever, ever um, had that sort of discussion. So I'd definitely like to get your take on that, Misha. Okay. Well, yeah, I believe in um, God. I believe in a God source energy. I believe it's an definitely an energy. And, uh, you know, I believe that there were many masters that came um, on this planet and many other planets that... Uh, to assist. I think, you know, like for instance, Jesus, I believe, was definitely one of the wonderful galactic masters who came here to show us love and how not only show us love and show how to be unconditionally loving, no matter, and non judgmental, but he also showed us that we could have the abilities, the psychic abilities, let's just put it in a, a phrase, for instance, that uh, because he said, more things you can do than I have done. So I totally believe that. He was a galactic um, Understood. master. Understood. Mm -hmm. And as you know, Misha, there are several individuals who make the rounds in the various talk circuits out there. Some believe these extraterrestrials are demons and don't have the best intentions for us. They are very resistant towards the idea of E.T. and, of course, uh, channeling. Uh, mm -hmm. what, what's yeah. your take on this? Because I know... For a fact that you know exactly what I mean by these individuals, we don't have to name names, but you know exactly right. who they are. You, you've listened to popular talk shows out there, and these individuals have been around for a long, uh, long time as well. 
Mm -hmm. Well, everyone is definitely entitled to their belief. Um, But I I do know that, um, again, Jesus has mentioned that all these things that he can do, we've done. So um, that being said, I was raised um, in a twofold kind of life. My my family was from a mind control family. Um, per se, my father had altars. My father was my handler. Um, but on the other side of it, my father was a minister of a fundamentalist type of church that actually spoke tongues, is what they call it, speaking in tongues. So as a child growing up, I did speak in these tongues of the angels is what they called them. But it was very interesting because other people would speak, you know, like one language and only one. I would speak multiple ones, multiple, multiple. And so it always threw the part, the, the deacons off and of who I was channeling. Well, I believe from the very beginning I was channeling galactics, and I have continued to do that off and on in my life. And then most recently I started getting visits from my hybrids who would speak galactic language to me, and I would speak language back to them. It's like I woke up and there is a little being uh, speaking a language, and without even thinking of it, I start talking back to them. then along with that galactic language, it continued. Many groups, many beings came and even they called themselves a consortium. I believe uh, they were a consortium of, of the hybrids and hybrids have, has, been, has played a huge part in my life. I myself have hybrid children. So some of some, not all of them were some of, of my children, but others were um Though they looked like children or younger, maybe they were very highly evolved. I mean, like maybe three or four hundred years old. So they're highly evolved uh, types of of beings, very light beings, messages of very beautiful light messages about um, assisting me and helping me in my life. And how long have these uh, visitors been? Well, obviously, since you were three, but these sort of experiences, they are still happening today, correct? Yes. Yes. Um, there is kind of a long story on why I don't have them walking around in my house anymore or me going up in the ship anymore. But uh, in 2000, after a, a very tumultuous year of three automobile accidents and several um, uh, um several um, attacks and, and warnings uh, from factions of the military, the shadow government, uh, with in uniforms, even some of them, I had uh, decided that what was I going to do? I needed help. I had to have some help. And so one night I ended up in front of the uh, council, um, a council of different types of beings, everything from humans to there was a reptilian, there was a mantids, there was um, other types of humanoid beings, and there was a couple of energy beings there in a council. And I had said, and I said, you know, I I want to come home. I can't do this anymore. This this is too terrible. They're they're gonna hurt harm my family. And they told me telepathic, of course, again, that beloved, do not remember you asked for this mission and you must complete the mission. That is what you're here for. And I, but I can't do it. It's too rough. People are so crazy, and you know they're trying to hurt my family. And and so I said. I need to get get out of off Earth, and they 
they said, well, one moment kind of, and then they all kind of communicated back and forth. And I could tell when they were communicating telepathically, they'd already switched me off. I couldn't hear what they were saying, but I knew they were communicating because it was the oddest thing. It was like a Star Wars thing. Their 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 lights would light up on their chairs they were sitting in. And, and so I knew they were communicating with each other. They came back and said to me, well, beloved, we have come up with a, an alternate uh, possibility that you can cancel all your contracts. Now, that means kind of canceling my lab, my lab experiences, the MK Ultra experiences, um, you know, the targeting, all of those things that were going on in my life. Right. And I thought, oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, I want to do that. So I canceled my contracts, but all means all. That means physically no more contacts. And that also means physically no more ET contacts. So for about since 2000, um, for 20 years, you know, I haven't been able to have any of any contact with them on a physical basis, uh, even Ayano. However, I, I must tell you, I have for years, I live alone and I've for years heard steps on the wood floor outside Ooh, of my door. That's creepy. Come up and stop, stop, because the rule was... I can't have contact. That doesn't mean that they can't protect me. And in fact, at that time, the, the council, Galactic Council, told me that I, they had sent me a protector. And I said, yes, I know. It's Ayano. Yes. And he will protect you and others will protect you. But you, you must go back and finish your mission. So Incredible. And by the way, Misha, I do have a photograph up in the chat room from uh, your gallery on your website. Uh, that, that would be starseedawakening.org. There's mm-hmm. a there's a black and white photograph towards the very bottom, uh, towards the drawings. There's this okay. yeah black and white photo, and there's this alien like uh, ghost looking thing in the middle. There's a lady with a candle and a gentleman on the right hand side with what looks like a flame in the middle of his hands. There, what, what's going on here? Okay, I'm gonna have to go over to see that one because I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm like, what uh, is that? It's just the most random photograph. It's way towards the bottom, and it's one of mine. Yeah, it's okay. one of yours. It's in the. Hang on here. Uh, now you got me going. Yeah, I'm like, right, what is I'm gonna that? Gonna go over to yours and take a look. And since I'm not streaming, I should be able to just see it. Yeah, just go to your website there and in the gallery towards the way bottom. Okay. Yeah, there's a strange photograph there. It's right underneath the drawing of the reptilian. Okay. Bear with me. I've never been on, on YouTube before, so I I was going over there to look at the picture you're talking about, but I can't find it. Oh, don't worry. It's okay. That's okay. Describe it again. What? Yeah, there, there's like a ghost-like alien figure in the middle. There's a woman to the left holding a candle and a gentleman on the right with his hands extended out, and there's like flame coming out in the middle there. Oh, that's dad. Okay, that's your dad. Okay. <laughs> yes. That's mom and yes, dad. That's the black, yeah, black and white. Yes, I didn't pick up that it was black and white the first time around. It's okay. Oh, yes, that is an image of my father, and the woman is my sister. Oh. She was, uh, I think he was the great Dr. Rigor, and she was a Tina. He was a traveling uh, magician. Now, when he was a child, he was... You know, um, he was in the, and I'm not saying that all Rosicrucians are bad, but ah, yes, this yes. Partic- particular sect of Rosicrucians were not not 
positive. In fact, they used the alchemy and black magic. And so my dad went on with that. And then, of course, he was mind controlled himself. So it was an altar, I would imagine. And um, long story short, he, my, my siblings, both my sister and my brother were, yeah, there's the picture, um, were, um, hated him and ran away as soon as they could. One at, one at 14 and the other one at 16. Well, while he was doing his magic. Oh, my. Um, yeah. Because I don't know. They never actually talked about what he did or what happened. It on, seems on like his... it seems like they had a rocky relationship with your dad. Very rocky. I see. In fact, they were never with when, when he died. They never came to the funeral. Oh, man. Yeah. So but um, and and on his deathbed, he apologized to me. His actual and he'd been in out of comatose and his Altars were all, were gone by then. He'd already been up to some visits to, you know, his next higher self or some other being, whatever. He'd gone and he'd been in and out in comatose. And he woke up and he said, after, um, actually, my mother was always with him for all the time. But she went home to grab uh, a, uh, a shower. And he said to me, he came up and, uh, I mean, woke up and he put held my hand and he said, I'm so very sorry I did what I did to you. But I had to because your mother couldn't have handled losing any more children. Wow. Um, because five had died when they were very, very young, like before oh, two okay. years old. One I made see. it to six. The others had died and for different odd things. I see. Yeah. And, me, and Misha, did you forgive your father? I did at that time. Okay, I did good. forgive him then. That's yeah, good. I forgave him. I yeah. forgave him. And But the other siblings did not. And I got to tell you, they both were um, unhappy kind of unhappy kind of people. I mean, they were Ooh. mostly happy, but they were never really right. happy. I, I think when you have the hate for somebody and you cannot forgive them, it will eat you up alive. And both of them ended up with diseases. Yeah. You don't even have to be, that, yeah, you don't have to be re religious or anything of that nature. It's definitely good to uh, forgive people that you had these sort of uh, negative feelings towards throughout your life. It, it's just better for you in general as a person and for your your health, really. It's not good to carry that sort of thing with you throughout life. No, it just goes inward, always does go inward. Just, so, yeah, so I forgave my father. And though he, you know, had uh, been programmed to mind control to be my handler. And also, he had also said that moment when he was asking forgiveness, he said, that at least with you, they let us keep you and we could be with you and raise you. So we made the agreement. So it was agreement that they had been, I know, uh, I never got to absolutely, but I, let me put it this way. I'm a medium yes. and I had some interactions with my father later on and I got the full information about it. And what indeed had happened is they kept trying to make my father give the ch a child over and to the, to the projects, to the mind control, the MK Ultra, yes. And he refused to, and they would take their lives in different ways. And they did it four times. Uh, and one, well, actually the last one was the one after me. That was supposed to be the one that 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 had already agreed that he would probably would give, but that one died in stillbirth. Now I I don't know if they took it. They could have took it. I don't know, but because my uh, my mother it was stillborn, so we don't know. I see. Um, yeah, but then at least I was with him, and then so you know I had a you know a semi life, even though I have very little memories of my childhood. Oh, that's good though. At least you have some memories of. Uh, your, yeah. your old man there. I'm sure he did love you and your family very much. 
things get complicated in life. That's one thing you have to understand, which which I'm sure you do, obviously. But for the listeners right. out there, the younger listeners out there, life is just very complex uh, for, the, for the boys and girls out there. Because there are, this is something I didn't even know, Misha, by the way. There, there are younger listeners out there, even though this show is entertaining, but can be sort of tasteless at times. And I take fault for that. But that's my fault for trying to entertain a live audience. But, mm. Yeah, the, the show gets kind of tasteless at times. I do admit that. But that's for a reason. That's to entertain the younger crowds out there. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, to them, I would say <laughs> you, yes. you better forgive. You know, that's because if you don't, you're going to drag that karma right with you to the next life. Yeah, unfortunately, that's the way it goes. And mm-hmm. of course, Misha... Fast forward here just a little bit throughout the, well, I should, actually, I should say going back in time uh, to the early 90s, if I recall, you did begin a contactee group, uh, 92, correct? Yes. And, uh, yes. In, 19, in 1991, I was uh, this, a contact international is who I had uh, a group that would bring in speakers and such here in Las Vegas, not here in Las Vegas. That was Yes, it was in Las Vegas. Why am I talking? Yes, Vegas, it was right? yeah. here in Las Vegas, and um, um, and then at one of the events or many of the events, I would have my galactic group that, I, like I said, I'm connected to, and they speak language to me and yeah. we telepath communicate. They said to me, uh, "Beloved, it's time for you to start an experience group." And I went, "Oh no, you got me doing this. I don't like doing. All, I'm I'm an introvert. Don't you know?" And I go, "No, I don't want to do it." And so. And then they asked me again during another meeting. There was somebody sharing about something. They, they asked a question and they shared something. And they said they took every opportunity to say again in my head, is now time to start a group, an experience group for people so they have someone to talk to. And I said, no, I'm not a therapist. No, I'm not going to do it. And then the third and final time they did it again, uh, this was a girl who was really losing it during a group one night, oh. during a, a, well, not a group. It was yes. during a, uh, a meeting one night. And I, they said to me, it is very loud and firm. It is now time to start your group. And I jumped up and I said, well, Okay, um, along with, you know, the meetings here, I'm going to be starting some experience groups, and that was in 91, and so I've been doing them since then, and then about five years ago, I started doing them on live Zoom. On live Zoom, right. Yeah, and that's a really important group because there's people all over the world that are isolated, whether it's in their ET contacts, they have no one to talk to, or whether they're waking up and they're going, I'm a starseed. There's something different about me than that person over there in the other cubicle. I have to find out. And so these groups are for for that, for people to come and share. And also, you know, I have um, parts of because uh, the first first hour is for people who are contactees or star seeds and that type of thing. Then the second part, we get into really heavy subjects such as the MKL to the mind control, the super soldier, the uh, target individual, ritual abuse. Um, uh, abductions with negative groups of ETs, because the majority of ETs contact is really actually have a more positive nature, in my my opinion. It's not all positive, because you have to have good and bad in all races uh, of, of beings out there, including the human race. So that's as above, so below. So it's right. just normal. It has to be that way. Um, but uh, 
it gives people who are isolated um, and there's nobody in their town. In fact, I've ha even had a couple of people start groups here and there from uh, taking that step and coming to, to, the, to the online group, which again, are those are free groups. Uh, if you want to donate, I'd love to have the, the help, but uh, they are uh, free groups and a, a Zoom where um, these are private, where I can send the private links to you and no one needs to ever know that you're talking about your experience. Don't ask, don't tell. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no doubt. And of course, Misha, I'm still very curious about your current family and what their perception is uh, today about all this that goes on. The fact that you go on these tours and you're doing these Zoom sessions. I'm curious about the younger generations in your family, if they what, what they think about uh, the relative Misha. <laughs> do they do they well, think you're you're a little nutty now, or but or but since or but since the uh, the topic is much more mainstream, have they opened up to you more now? Well, absolutely yes. Uh, um, my my I've grand quite a few grandchildren. I have like seven grandchildren, eight eight grandchildren with okay. my stepchild. Nice. Um, and they all know about Grandma Misha. Ah, uh, Misha, is yes, Grandma Misha. Grandma. She is. <laughs> has a different drum beat and um that they know that I they come to my house and they see some of my art is of ET nature. And uh in fact I must have I have to tell you there's at least three of them that are experiencers themselves. Oh okay. And that is very normal, very normal because um it, it goes through the generations. It doesn't. It doesn't stop. It goes through the generations, and it, it may be in a family you might not have all the everybody in the family contacted, but somebody in that family is. So it goes through the generations. So I have uh, two definitely what I would consider starseed hybrid children, and that's to say they are really extraordinary. They have a little bit of a different look to their them and their eyes and their head structure and things like that. And um, they're extremely ultra intelligent and have a different manner about them. And then another one is very like a little fairy child. She's wonderful too. So I they're fine with it. Now, both my sons are absolutely fine with it. Um, That's good. They they talk to me all the time about it. That, however, they won't come to my groups. Oh, no, they won't. <laughs> even though they're both experiencers. but um, And their wives know about their experience, but they don't know in detail. And to be honest with you, my kids have only heard me speak one time, and that was years and years ago. Oh, okay. So they really don't listen to they're doing a, their own thing in their life yeah you, you definitely then, have to be more selective on who you tell about your personal interests and hobbies and uh, for instance like my show I, I don't go around telling anyone about it but there's a few people in my family that have uh, checked it out and listened to it my father tends to listen to my show and I get kind of embarrassed, you know because I, I say some pretty awful things there every now and then here for laughs uh, mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I do get a little bit embarrassed and some of my friends do listen every now and then. And of course I get embarrassed. Of course. How, how can you not? Right. <laughs> it's natural. But, it is. But I do try to refrain from doing so because then there's always uh, certain individuals and certain groups that you do have that will definitely look at you in a, in a strange way, in a derogatory way, and even think that they think in their head that that you think they're better, that you're better than they are. 
And they get that sort of attitude at times. There's, al there's always one in the group. I've noticed that. There's always mm -hmm. one person that gets very uh, confrontational even at times, just, as, just by the simple fact that you do something like that. And it definitely does sour a few people out there. I I'm not sure why, but that's kind of sort of the reaction I've gotten um, in the past. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure mm -hmm. if, if you've ever experienced anything like that throughout your peers. Oh, you have and... to be careful, yes. You have definitely have to be careful who you talk to. Yes, I've had a lot of people. Yeah, there you go. Uh, who were not ready. And and I I would sometimes talk in, in my work. Uh, I was a Ooh, executive secretary. Dangerous, <laughs> There Nisha. was just a very few people that mm. I would even tell anything about. <laughs> dangerous majority. grounds. What's that? I said that's dangerous grounds there. Yes, it is. Yes, it <laughs> is. So I didn't really talk too much about it at all. I and, agree. And one time in a job after uh, I left that well, that industry failed, and I was kind of trying to find any work, and I was in an office for – and I talked to somebody about my experience. Yes, and we did cut out there for a moment, but now we are back. And mm -hmm. But you were just saying to be careful uh, out there, and yeah, I agree with you. You definitely have to be mm -hmm. careful on who you share these sort of things with and uh, who you open up to. Uh, don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, the sound is working again. Don't worry. And of course, I did want to ask you a little bit about abduction cases. And I'm really interested in your opinion about this. I'm an open-minded skeptic, but there's some days where I believe more so than others. It just really depends on my mood. Um, I've talked to all sorts of different walks of life out there who have made these extraordinary claims about, about being abducted. And I don't necessarily think that they are lying. They are definitely experiencing something. Um, but I'm, I'm very curious if what they're experiencing is extraterrestrial in origin, or if this comes into the whole mind lab experiment. Okay. I made the story. Yes. Yeah. Th there's just a lot to get into here. So, you know, I don't, I don't have enough time uh, to break it all down for you, but a lot of these individuals, they, they make up these claims about being abducted, but I, I definitely do wonder if perhaps our government might be involved in some of this, perhaps implanting uh, false memories, per se. Um, and I was curious what you think about that. No, false memories. Um, yes, they can do that, but the majority of people who have come out about abductions and such, there, there's different things that other abductees know to watch for. And, of course, I have a lot of people come into my group that talk and share their stories. And you have to wait and listen to see. Um, but I think there is very little of this uh, false memory. The false memory happens to believe, I think, in more of the um, the mind control thing. So in, in a lot of cases that I have found that have had my lab experiences, for instance, um, they will try, they'll try to make the people think that they're ETs that are abducting them. So, I mean, they'll put in, they'll go to great lengths and they'll go a lot, put in drugs, put us, they'll give us drugs and things like that to make us think that they're, um, that these are ETs doing these horrifically horrible things, including, you know, attacking and raping and things like that. And 
Yeah, there might be a small amount of it, but the majority of it is them trying to put us in such a fear state about our contact and uh, slash abduction I see. that we think all ETs are bad and it's terrible and don't ever talk about it. And it, so that's just their way. That That's something I've seen so much in my experience and other people's experience. So to me, that's about the biggest false memory they do. Of course, if you want to talk about false memory, there, there's, of course, the um, um, within people's experience, there are screen memories. And during hypnosis, I help people break down these screen memories. So like say somebody's having a, uh, they think there's uh, ETs around them and they're going to give them some awards ceremony and a celebration for them. Now, that person tells that story and everybody goes, well, this is crazy. Well, that's because it was a screen memory. So the aliens put this screen memory in that person so that they would not be frightened about the um, the um, examinations or the uh, experimentation or anything that they were doing on them. So that can be done by service to self. Let's call them service to self negative. That can be done by service to to others uh, who also do screen memories. I mean, like, for instance, for me, I had a screen memory my whole life that I had been abducted, that I thought I had been actually kidnapped by a man. And uh, and it wasn't a man. It was I was abducted. And I asked him, why did you let me think that a truck driver kidnapped me, Right, a, tr a truck driver traveler kidnapped me? And they said, well, we felt it was better for you to think a human being of your kind had taken you rather than you to know that you'd been on a board a ship with us. So some of their thinking is a little bit flawed, for sure. They're not all perfect. And there's many different groups of ETs. As, as you know, I've have had uh, encounters with eight different types of beings. With well, a lot, yeah. Hmm? Definitely have had encounters with various groups out there. And right. since we're talking about that now, let me put an image up. There is like this uh, group photo of uh, several ETs together, which is kind of like a famous photograph right now. Or has been. Yes, David Chase, my dear friend David Chase. You already know done, a photograph. Yes, he's done yes. some art for me, and he allowed me to put this art on my uh, newest book, which is Galactic Genealogy, Planetary Origin. This photograph is famous. It, it's all over the place. I'm hoping I'm uh, – you're, you're the one uh, – there's a an, – I can't look because every time I do, we have back, we have feedback going on, yes. and I don't know why. So I, I, I can't look. Maybe I should it's, look on my phone. It's just a drawing. <laughs> it, it's a colorful drawing. It's the colorful it's drawing, color yeah, with the reptilian in the red hood, the, uh, the mantis, three yeah. different types of little grays, a humanoid, it. and a blonde. Right there, you go. Mm -hmm. Okay, that is David Chase. Yeah, that's his wonderful art, and he's he he was the one he was the artist that did Ayano for me, uh, in a forensic kind of uh, method that he uses to do his art. So he's a wonderful artist, and uh, that's his. And he gave has allowed me and give me permission to use that as my cover for um, my. Uh, galactic genealogy book which the reason i did that for a, a couple of reasons you know i'm a i i'm a galactic channeler i work with people and and help them find who their galactic family is and in in these sessions we i channel their family and find out the origins as well as their mission and so um they beings 
felt that it was so important that people know here on earth, everybody's looking to know what their genealogy is. Everybody knows what their genealogy is, but they don't know what their most important genealogy is, where they came from before they came on earth and decided to have this earth life. Um, and so the book is a colored uh, pictures of uh, all the different types of groups that and uh, that live on these planetary systems together in harmony and in love and in peace. They wanted that to be a point of reference that if they can live and look so different from each other, if they can live in peace and harmony and live uh, together in one planet and many other planetary systems, um, and they'll some look like a lion and a tiger, and some look like you know humanoids, but they yeah. have the face the features of these uh dog types or horse types donkey otter looking uh every kind types. of lizard reptile of any every kind, all different types, yet they live in peace and harmony, and so they that it is very, very important that we help people understand that being different is not so bad that you know, we can't even handle colors. Can you imagine living with <laughs> beings? You know, we're not going to get out and be allowed out into the Galactic Federation until we do. True. Until we can stop being bigoted and um, about this whole difference. We're all one. We're all the same being inside. We definitely all are. We definitely are all one, like you just mm -hmm. said. And as we're discussing abductions, there have been a number of people out there who have had even sexual experiences with these extraterrestrial visitors. There was mm -hmm. that woman by the name of um, uh, Pamela St uh, Stonebrook, if I recall, the jazz singer. Yes. Yeah, she, yes. she said she was having this sexual relationship with a reptilian. Mm -hmm. Pretty remarkable. And also, of course, Simon Parks, who mm -hmm. claimed he was sleeping with a cat-like alien being and uh on your website you actually do have a photograph of kind of what he described uh, some sort of like cat-like woman uh, mm -hmm. being yeah very interested in your opinion on what what some of these individuals have experienced or claim to have experienced uh especially with simon parks who comes from a notable background and he's making these claims that he slept with this uh, cat-like alien being, and it even caused him issues in his marriage, if you can believe that. Mm. Well, I mean, I well yes, I can. I hear that a lot. Right. I hear that a lot. And uh, I myself, how can I possibly throw stones at him when I know sure. that I had a relationship with Ayano? Even though my, mine was... Um, to my knowledge, not physical. There must have had to have been some kind of physicality. Perhaps since I have a phobia about reptiles, I'm not ready to know about that, but I, I don't remember it. But I do know that I have been shown and presented within the hybrid program two different, well, no, three different reptilian-type beings that were my children. Your children. Yeah, yes. And then one particular one was this uh, experience where there was all these children in this nursery in different ages. And I knew I was there for another presentation. And this one that walks up and is a little stockier. His skin is kind of green, has a, a, a scale on him. He's sitting in my in my uh, gallery there. He's sitting in kind of like a little round thing, and he has light green skin, so he could show that maybe. But uh, he um, – I knew he was mine the minute I saw him, and I bonded with him and held him and knew – and I asked them, who is the father? And they said, you call him Ayano, 
but it's Ayano and the all. And the all tells me of the many different genetics that they use within this program. So they're not going to just have a 50-50, 50 human, 50 reptilian. They can't do that. They have to do genetics. And depending on the percentages they put in, that's how the beans, the hybrid child's going to look. So Amazing. I have that experience myself. And I've had many people come into my group who've had experiences on my radio show. I've I've interviewed a couple of people who had uh, relationships with ETs. And that is, to me, another way of showing the world, stop being so prejudiced. It's it's okay. So they look different. What's wrong with that? Is What's it, wrong with that? Is it safe to sleep with these uh, beings? I haven't heard anybody have any diseases from it, so yeah. Amazing. And now I do have the image of the reptilian that you were close to, uh, the gold-looking uh, reptilian here. Okay, well, that's not a positive guy. Oh, that's not a positive guy. No. No, the gold-looking one, that was from an experience where Melinda and I was abducted out of my house. Oh, my God. And taken to an underground base. And as many times I'd been this type of thing and abducted and taken. So it was just another one with the, you know, this was always a lieutenant colonel. And there was a lieutenant colonel, could see it in his lieutenant colonel uh, uniform, Walking back and forth, cussing at me, telling wow. me this is over. You, I was had just been on the Art Bell show um, with Melinda, and uh, I tried to talk about reptilians, though I was knocked off the air. But oh, anyway, on, on Dreamland. <laughs> yeah, well, it was when it was um, it was um, the Art Bell show. He just before he left. It was. Wow. I, I was it. Was Art Bell? Was it? I was guess it was Dreamland. Yeah, I think it, it was Dreamland. Dreamland. Yeah, yeah it was, at that time, yeah, it would have been Dreamland. Yeah, amazing. I forgot you were even on there, but now I do remember. Yeah, uh, yeah, of course in two thousand, I, I was on there. Two thousand, yeah. about the end of the year, December, something like that. Um, so, so he was very upset that I'd gone on the radio and they'd already told me to not be talking about this and to stop writing the book because Melinda and I was writing a book about my lab and the and mind control aspects and all of the and and combined to that and what the abduction scenario was and such. So um they he was telling me that it's over, you're not gonna talk about it anymore. You're gonna go back home and get yourself a husband and forget about this because it's not gonna bring you any happiness. Which I'd heard this same phrase. It's not gonna bring you go home, it's not gonna bring you any happiness. I see. Um, that was their same stock phrase that they said to me. It was like programming that they were trying to get through. So then he said to to drive the point, uh, uh, not drive what he said, to um, help you show you how serious I am. I want you to meet someone. And he walked out and in walked this rep draconian, not a reptilian. He's a draconian. Um, and he walked over to me and I'd already had these kind of mind melts because I, I'm an interfacer, that's why one of the reasons I was abducted is I interface with ETs and I'm a translator for people. Uh, but at any rate, he came in and looked in down, bent down and looked in my eyes and did the horrific vision of how my children and my grandchildren would be, a grandchild were going to be killed. Ooh. And that was the time I went right after that is when I went to meet with the council that I talked about earlier in the show. So um, at the same time, Melinda also had an, uh, the same kind of account with the same type of being, though she didn't have children. He uh, put another image in her head that he was going to do something horrifically horrible to, to her, uh, an attack or rape her, tear her to pieces. 
So, oh wow, yeah. So um, that's that guy, and he is not a pleasant character. Yeah, that's very dark indeed. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Misha, you did mention your radio show. Um, I heard it back in, I think it might have been 2015, and I enjoyed it myself. What happened to your show? Uh, was that when I was on Revolution Radio? I think it might have been. Yeah, I, I changed from Revolution Radio to KCOR Radio, and I really, really like KCOR Radio. So I'm very happy there, and um, I have now have, uh, the last year I've had um, – co-hosts come on with me. So I have okay. co-hosts now and uh, that's Tana Newberry and uh, Geraldine Roscoe are my co-hosts. So I still have a weekly Saturday show from 12 to 2 on KCORradio.com. Yeah, yeah, I was curious because I thought she didn't just stop doing her show. Um, I was thinking because I was thinking way back uh, 2015 when you were uploading more videos on YouTube. That's why. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh. So I figured, oh, I, did something happen? Yeah. Well, I, I went, I was uh, on one radio show. Um, oh, gee, I can't think of the name of it for oh, about a year. And then I went to Revolution. And now I've been with um, KCOR Radio, I think almost five, four years, five okay. years, five years. Yeah. And Misha, did you always want to do a show or was that something that came later on? <laughs> Another thing. I'm not happy. I don't do shows rather. I'm I'm dyslexic. I'm very severely <laughs> dyslexic. I'm also an introvert. I'm really not crazy about talking in public at all. I mean, I enjoy giving the information out and, and um and of course I love my groups because those are more like on a one on one thing, even though there's a group of people, it's not like this. And I, I still speak at conferences like three or four a year. I have one coming up here in October that I'm speaking at. And I'll tell you about that later. But um, but I'm not, you know, I okay, fine, I'll do the radio show. It's it's always my galactic guides. They're always saying, you know, you have to reach people. And how you reach people is you get out there. So that's what I have to do. Understood. And as we were talking earlier, I mentioned how people are much more receptive towards extraterrestrials and that UFOs, especially today, it's much more mainstream. And that sort of goes right into another topic of interest I did want to ask you about. Uh, the mainstream media has once again been on a craze, as you noticed. It seems like a lot of people out there are very much interested in the subject again. Uh, nowadays, mm -hmm. the whole new policy for the Navy in regards to UFOs uh, certainly has gained a lot of interest. But I still, I still can't help. But to ask why, what exactly is the purpose of all this and why now? That's sort of a question that has been lingering in my head ever since I started seeing all the news, uh, the various news sources go crazy with the story, seeing all the headlines and different individuals out there who have talked about this. That's completely out of uh, the realm of uh, topics, really. Uh, what, what do you make of this, Misha? Well, you know, they keep saying that there's going to be disclosure, but our government cannot disclose because then they'd have to admit to all of the skull judgery they've been doing for years. They can't do that uh, from the very beginning to the treaties uh, with with the, the negative ETs and well, not negative, but the ETs that started doing the abductions. I'm not negative. Take that back. But the ETs that started doing the abductions. I'm not sure there's different types. But at any rate, um, I 
I think this is kind of a soft disclosure that they're putting out, uh, like they do on TV and the movies. It's a soft disclosure so that it will prepare people. But now, in for what way? I believe truly that they are going to do a false flag. And they're going to pick some alien that's the bad guy. And uh, so all the sightings now that they're saying, oh, yeah, they do have a UFOs. They've even said that uh, that there's some of the scientists have talked or physicists have talked about life being possible on other, on other uh, planets and such. Sure. I, I believe it's all setting up what they want to do is their false flag. You can't trust. I'm not talking the government either. I'm talking the Illuminati, the factions who are running sure. the world. And some of them happen to be part of the draconian, in my opinion, as well. So they don't, their agenda is not a good one, in my opinion. I, I don't trust anything they do. Understood. And I'm with you on that. No doubt. I'm always curious what is the motivation behind this sort of disclosure that the soft disclosure that we've been experiencing a very interesting time and of course we do have uh, various factions in ufology right now uh, fighting back and forth we won't mention any names but you do know exactly who i'm talking about mm -hmm. uh, it's very mm -hmm. interesting because i i was told in an email what i'm thinking about all of that and uh, if i would talk about that and to be honest with you i really not really concerned with with these individuals out there who are fighting currently. It's something that has been uh, problematic throughout the uh, UFO, I guess you could say, community of sorts. There's always these individuals who will break away from the pack and create this sort of drama. Mm -hmm. and it, it's just completely unnecessary, in my opinion. And that's just how I feel about it. It's really silly, and it, it really puts a black eye on the whole thing. Well, and I I agree with you completely, and I think that. That's the purpose behind it. I believe that you have some infiltrators who somehow, and I'm not saying it's the people who are doing it, but somebody has instigated it so that we fight among ourselves. And so then other people on the outside can point and say, see, those lunatics, they don't even believe each other. You know, so why would we believe them? Why would we trust them? And they, and, you know, when this, when people started peeking their heads out about the secret space program. Right. And the Super Soldier program. I mean, I was at uh, the Super Soldier Summit and and spoke there and uh, a couple of years. And um, people were so hesitant to come out about this. And that was happening back in 2015, I think, 15 or 16, 15. I think it was 15. Probably. And uh, but these people were terrified to come out because they didn't want to have the same kind of stuff and pointing fingers at them. So. People And because I'm a hypnotherapist and I work with a lot of people who are um, in this super soldier program, secret space program, monarch program, uh, all abductions, everything you can imagine, they, um, they're afraid to go out and talk about it in public. So there's – for every one or two come out, there's seven or eight that aren't coming out, you know. So there's a, this is becoming more and more – into people's memory. It's like the 30 years or so that they had their programming to, to have the, their mind wiped are now 
it's dissolving and people are getting their memories back and they get it in the back in the form of flashes and like I myself I, yeah. I've had flashes for quite some time about things and they had to do with super soldiers and a hybrid program and uh, I, I've I mean for years and years this has come up and I, I when I met all the super soldiers on, on in 2015 I like recognize some of them as as like a connection, a very, and I could not figure out what the connection was, and um, and so I've been working on that. I've done a um, couple of re, couple three regressions about it. I, I worked with some um, psychic healer one time last week, actually, and she kind of confirmed some things that were very interesting. Uh, but uh, I guess I was in the super soldier program, a secret space program myself, in an aspect of um, the hybrid. Not the hybrid per se, but yes, hybrid. The um, the super soldiers, and reason why I call them hybrid because they're augmented with alien DNA. And this secret space program is going on and has been going on for a long time. They need soldiers that can go out there and battle on planets and things like this. And a whole this is I know it seems pretty crazy for some people, but it is happening. In fact, our president even has said that, you know, we're now going to be having a space program, which um, is a way for them to get ready to, in a few years, to say, oh, by the way, we have a plant, we have a a, a, a base on Mars, and we have a base on Moon, and weren't we fast getting that all together? When it's been there for, you know, 50 years. Um, and um, so I was also mind controlled, like the rest of the kids who were taken, and these were people from age seven years old to 15, 16 years old. And I was what what I've been told called kind of my a caseworker for the hybrid uh, super soldier program. Right. And, and Misha, with, is, is hmm? this still going on today? That's what yes, I'm it wondering. is. It's still happening today. OK. Yes, it is. And uh, in my case, uh, I was one of the many. Uh, women and it could have been because I was an interfacer, being able to translate and speak uh, galactic language or game alien languages and such. That's why I was used also for my genetics because I'd been in the hybrid program. But they were using some of my genetics as well in this this uh, hybrid program. And this, in my opinion, also I could see where there was this clone thing going on too uh, at that time. So people have talked about clones that, you know, that that's a possible big, big possibility that it's real because they have an ability. They're aliens up there. They have those amazing technology and they have ability to take fractal parts of the soul of a person and put them in other beings that they have genetically, they're genetic hybrids. Let's put it that way. Genetic hybrids. Yeah. It seems like that's the route that we're going into in terms of uh, science and where it will lead us. Uh, that goes into transhumanism. Absolutely. Man will mesh with machine eventually. It mm -hmm. seems like we will uh, be there soon enough. And that's kind of scary. Man definitely wants to, upload their consciousness into a more, um, I guess you could say, solid form, a robotic form, mm -hmm. a upgraded form. That doesn't die. That doesn't die. That's the big thing. Everybody, it seems like all species are worried about the time. They want they want more time. They, they don't want to die. There was a good movie about that. It was called um, Jupiter Ascending. People should definitely see it. It was kind of like telling us a little true facts about that whole thing. 
it's very interesting. And Misha, uh, for some reason, this thought just sort of popped into my head. Complete, well, not completely off topic, but in terms of film, has there been any good movies in terms of extraterrestrials that have that has been released in, let's say, the past ten years that you could even recall? Um, I'm not quite sure. Well, in all cases, they made the aliens bad. <laughs> right. But yes, there's been that. Except for the only ones that don't make the aliens bad are the um, the Marvels and the true. Um, yeah, that's right. You know, they were they fight with aliens. I mean, they fight alongside of aliens. So that part, I believe, is also a soft disclosure. That is a soft. And and in in these shows, like the show that just came out in Times, I can't remember the name of it that they were uh, uh it wasn't a marvel it was another one mm -hmm. it was the the other one i can't remember what it was but um but there was all these people of all different races from all over different planetary systems that came together to fight against this horrific group of bad aliens right so that's good i mean that's good i think those uh shows are are really good for people to to understand that they're the et's um are really much better than we ever thought. And then, in fact, they look at us and wonder why we are the way we are. <laughs> I'm very, very curious. And also another listener of mine, he, before I told him you were going to be on the program, he did want me to ask you about a certain individual out there who okay. I'm sure everyone is familiar with, and that would be uh, Dr. Richard Hoagland. He wanted mm -hmm. me to ask you what your opinion was on him. I don't like to give opinions on people, but I will tell you that sure, um, I before I quit everything, uh, Richard Hoagland and Dr. Mack both sat down with Melinda and I, and we had a chat. And I was telling them about the genetic, the, the genetics and the hybridization program, and we were talking about the MyLab and all of that. And they both agreed to us and said that it was very important that this information get out. Um, Richard Hoagland, I'm not, I haven't heard about anything he's doing at all. Recently, so, yeah. Yeah, recently. So my last memory of Richard Hoagland was a very kind man that was supporting Melinda and I in our mission to get out the truth. Understood. Understood. And that would lead me to the faces on Mars and what your uh, perception was on all that. Well, talking about Richard Hoagland? Yes. He was right. Mm -hmm. I'm sure he. They probably did a really uh, um, smear campaign on him. I. That's why I haven't heard anything about him. I don't know. He might still be in it or not. But yes, he was the first one to come out and help people understand and know that there is something going on on Mars. And now everyone knows there's the dark side of the moon. They they see here see the steeples and the different uh, you know triangles and different uh, the the face on Mars. It's just a beginning of what. Um, now has been coming out. So he started it, he, and that was good. Very interesting. And now, of course, I do want to talk to you about the whole uh, UFO cruise event. Yes, yes. I'm Please really tell excited me about, about that. that. Yes. I, I definitely want uh, you to tell me about that and what goes on there. Uh, I've been telling my audience for the longest time that I probably would never go on a cruise simply because of all the possibilities of disaster in terms of the power going out being stuck in the ocean without any electricity and the fact that you can get sick really easy out there uh, definitely tell me your experience about the whole ufo cruise very curious 
Okay. Well, when I was asked to come on this cruise, I wasn't sure about it myself because I'd never been on a cruise on purpose because I the one time I'd been on a boat to go across to Catalina Island, they had to turn around and come back. But since then, I understand they've got these bracelets and they've got different methods that keep you from being sick. So I'm trusting that I will not get sick. And I'm also trusting that my galactics would not have put this in my you know, in, in in my lap if it wasn't that I wasn't supposed to do it. The really interesting people are going to be on it. It's October 6th through the 13th. It uh, is UFO Cruise. The truth is out there. Uh, Richard Hoagland, Travis Walton, Linda Moulton Howe, uh, and I may not get the names right wrong, but Tellinger, um, um, Seti Ranch, I can't think of his name. You might want um, to get uh, Stan Romnick. Uh, Stan Romnick. You might want to get um, uh, w- what's his name here off that photograph since he's passed. That yeah yeah. Well, they did get it off. Okay, but good. This particular one that I have has my logo with um yeah Stanton Friedman. Stan, yeah, Stanton Friedman. Yeah. There we go. Um, but this logo ha- that I, just, I wanted to show you. I just call him my St- night. <laughs> I just call him Stan Romnick. Oh, did I? Oh, oh well. Amazing. Right. So it has my uh, little stamp there that says that I am uh, going to be doing night vision tours. Now, I, as you know, I do That's the night true. vision tours yes. here in Las Vegas. Right. And uh, I'm going to be offering a night vision tours there on the deck uh, every night uh, for the the go the uh, goers of the uh, UFO cruise and okay. anybody else on the ship as well. Uh, so it's going to be really exciting. But and isn't that very expensive though? The cruise? Yeah, that's got to be pricey. Well, it's, it's your normal cruise. If there's somebody who wants to be on a cruise and has never been on a cruise and would like to go on a cruise, this would be the cruise to go on because it has all the other cruise stuff like you know all the partying and the be awesome. um yeah. and the gambling and sure. and the shows and the karaoke and all the entertainment plus it's got the UFO conference with great you know speakers like uh, James Gillian and sure. and uh, uh, Kathleen Martin um Preston Dennett he he's uh, got a new book out about talking about uh ET's healing people. Now that's really good. Uh, I'll be speaking there. Of course, uh, Susan Shemansky, the one that puts this together, her, she's an amazing speaker. Yeah. There's uh, Louis Therese. There's great speakers that are going to be she's there. Up, and, she's been uh, here before. It'll be fun. It'll be really fun. So I hope people um, think about, hey, let's save up for this vacation. And it's going to be like a once in a lifetime kind of thing. Well, she's done them before, but um, it might be a once in a lifetime for that person to go on a, a cruise. Well, why not make it a UFO cruise? And that docks from San Diego going to the Mexican Riviera. Wow. Um, and they can find out about that at uh ufocruise.com that's right ufocruise.com further information there definitely Mm -hmm. go check that out if you are into ufos and like long cruises definitely go check that out yeah it is a long cruise it's 6 to 13 but we're going to be having docking times where we go out and we're going to be seeing having spiritual experiences for the people who are you know into the spiritual star seed that they're really going to find a really wonderful niche here because we're, we're going to be going you know like to the uh, the uh, pyramids and I, I can't remember the names of the ports that we're going to be but they're really neat ports so um, you'll have a lot to see and a lot to do and it'll be great. 
amazing yeah definitely check that out ladies and gentlemen if you do want to catch that definitely. can i go ahead give one more thing sure, i forgot to give my little code yeah. my code is star 99 s-t-a-r 99 if you give that code to uh them when you book uh i will give you a free um reading galactic reading to find out what your galactic planet of origin is which is a 99 dollars value very nice. Definitely go check that out, ladies and gentlemen. That is ufocruise.com. If you're interested, go check that out. And I do see the list of names on the website and, of course, the image here. Yeah, there's definitely lots of uh, great individuals out there. And someone in the chat room actually wanted to know if uh, George Norrie will be there. And I don't think he will. I don't see him here. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he'll be there. It's a possibility, but I don't see him here. Yeah. Yeah. If he, if he was going to be there, they would definitely advertise that he'd be there and sure. uh, singing a couple songs too. <laughs> yeah. He likes to do that. Yeah, he does. I've I've been to a couple of events while he was in, in entertaining us. <laughs> he's not a bad singer. No, he's not. That's he pretty good. Uh, guts, I you know I think it's great. I mean, I karaoke sing all the time. I love to karaoke, but you wouldn't catch me doing <laughs> that like he, he did. So that's great. Well, maybe after a few drinks. Uh, you, you'll probably uh, sing a few there, Misha. Well, you never know, <laughs> but know. not to a whole bunch of people. I did actually speak and sing Galactic Light Language to about 100 people at this last conference I spoke at in Sedona just a week ago. Oh, yeah, you're in Sedona, if I recall correctly. Yes. Uh-huh. You've got at some nice the, people uh, there in Sedona. Sacred Connections Retreat with um, uh, over 100, about 108 people, women, men, well, both people, men and women both came to that. And that was really great. Too. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. Um, Misha, I, I definitely want to thank you so much for being a part of the program. I definitely wa don't want to take up too much of your time, but... I do want to leave you with the final word and, of course, anything that you want to plug that would be uh, fine by me. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, her website is starseedawakening.org. And, uh, Misha, anything you want to get off your chest, the floor is yours. Go ahead. Okay. Well, uh, the next event I'm going to be doing is in July of... For July 5th and 6th, and that that is uh, actually sold out already, uh, or it's completely full, but it is uh, a, a uh, called um, a very special kind of one. It is the um, Sisterhood. So it's a gyp it's called Gypsy Girl Sisterhood, but it, it's a retreat. I'm going to all kind of spiritual things. I'm going to be doing a group regression and things like that. That's that that is. And so you might check in on the Sisterhood site. Um, but uh, I think everything's sold out on that. Uh, but they are going to be having some future ones I'll be speaking at possibly as well. And then, of course, please come to my experience groups. I have one on Wednesday from 3 to 6, one on Sunday from 12 to 3. These are Pacific Standard Times, and they are on Zoom. So if you go to Facebook and look up uh, Starseed Awakening um, ET Experiencer Zoom groups, you can find them on the events, or you can find them on my site, Misha, Misha Johnston, M-I-E-S-H-A, Johnston, J-O-H-N-S-T-O-N, and you can find them there as well. Um, I also am adding a new one because of this last retreat I was at with these beautiful people who are star seeds, just waking up, wanting to know. So I'm going to be having a new group that's going to be starting on uh, Thursday at um, 1 o'clock. 
And that's going to be for the new star seeds just waking up. I also am doing a galactic light language class that will be starting on the third Friday of this month and that's for people who want to who are already doing that languages and they want to um, uh, learn more about it learn how to translate and learn how to be able to speak it fluently and you can find my books on my website starseedawakening.org is my website you can also book uh, hypnosis sessions there at my on my website and galactic uh, activation sessions there my books as i mentioned earlier um and then i have one other book that's also on there which is a co-author with uh, tana newberry and it's an et experience or oracle deck and book for people to find out about their experience they pull out these oracle cards it's really wonderful and of course the, the chart is with my galactic genealogy with this beautiful chart that tells all the different types of beings and with uh, pendulum you douse and you find out what that is that's also there and they can find all of that on my website also the information about the experiencer groups that they can come and join and um, um, my business is vector5tours.com that for the night vision tours and it's a wonderful place for me to talk because I, I do it through Airbnb experience and it's a wonderful place to talk to people who would ordinarily I would never meet right, right. and stretch their paradigm and I believe me I do stretch their paradigm and reading the reviews people really it's kind of changed their life so uh, I think that's everything with me and I thank you so much for um, having me on your show Michael amazing stuff and man Misha you are certainly busy <laughs> yeah i am i'm you got a lot tired going on. so i become really busy <laughs> wow amazing stuff thank you so much misha for being a part of the program definitely an honor and pleasure to have you back on again here on end of days the michael deacon program always a blast to talk to you and catch up and we'll definitely do this again in the future misha okay great to great to talk to you and thank you very much have a great night clockwise misha take care and be safe out there in vegas Alrighty. All right. Bye-bye. Mahalo. And there she goes, ladies and gentlemen. That was the one and only Misha Johnston, a great guest, a great soul. Definitely did appreciate her uh, tremendously for being a part of the program. I thought that was great. I thought she did a fantastic job. And I definitely want to thank all of you out there again for being a part of the program here. And special shout out to you guys in the chat room. Love that you guys uh, were in here and hung out with me. Uh, some people got very offended with some of the, the chat room banter. You definitely have to be careful here in the uh, the live program. It is a bit of a rattlesnake even in the chat room. Things get pretty hectic here, ladies and gentlemen. And I do apologize if some of the heathens out there offended you. That will happen here on the program. So definitely stay safe out there in the chat room. Don't, don't take it so seriously. Don't get so offended. And... I do have to apologize now that there won't be a show tomorrow. I was informed that there will be family here running around. And you know what that means. It's going to be chaotic. There's going to be people using the Wi-Fi. And it's going to be pretty terrible. So I can't allow that here, ladies and gentlemen, not on the live show. Definitely don't want to ruin that. So I will have to reschedule the guest for tomorrow. Don't worry. Most likely I'll, I'll book maybe a guest or two during the week to make up for the lack of show Saturday night. I I do apologize. I'm sorry about that. And of course, if you do like the program and want to help the program out, 
there is a donation button over on the right-hand side of your screen over at michaeldeacon.com. Definitely, if you can donate any amount, whatever you have laying around, all of that money definitely goes back into this program here. We need the money. We need the equipment. Things are broken. You know how that goes here. It's even a miracle that we even got through tonight. Oh, yes. We made it through, even though there was a few speed bumps along the way. I do appreciate all of you for having that sort of patience with me here. I definitely will deliver the goods once we get them. No doubt that's michaeldeacon.com. Go there. Subscribe to the podcast. All the links are up there. Oh, yes. And, of course, I will be working on the uh, Patreon. Got to get some episodes up there for you. Definitely, I need your shekels. Donate if you can. MichaelDeacon.com Would love that. My respect goes to all of you out there. I'll return soon, I promise. I'm Michael Deacon. See you again. And with that said, the world is a mysterious place. And life itself is a mystery. Until next time. Good night.